You are listening to RudolfSteinerAudio.com. If you are listening to the podcast of this, it is located at RudolfSteiner.Podbean.com. Please consider becoming a patron. As well, there are two publishing houses, SteinerBooks.org in America and RudolfSteinerPress.com in England, who are the sole publishers of Steiner into English and have given me permission to do these recordings. Please consider patronizing them as well. This is a reading of the collection of lectures by Rudolf Steiner entitled Ancient Myths and the New Isis Mystery. This is the last lecture, uh, an addended lecture, uh, given on the 24th of December, 1920. In the festival of Christmas, something is given to Christendom that directs the thoughts of all circles of Christian people straight to the very deepest questions presented to by the evolution of humankind upon earth. Regard the evolution of history from whatever point of view you will. Take into consideration historical events in order to understand human evolution, to penetrate the meaning of human evolution on earth. In all history you will find no thought as widely understandable or having as much power to lift the soul to this mystery of human evolution as the thought of the mystery of Golgotha, as the thought that is contained in the festival of Christmas. When we look back upon the beginning of human evolution on earth and follow it through the thousands of years that preceded the mystery of Golgotha, we find that although the achievements of the peoples in all the various nations were so great, nevertheless in reality all these achievements constituted only a kind of preparation. They were were a preparatory step toward what took place for the sake of humankind at the mystery of Golgotha. Furthermore, we find we can only understand what has happened since the mystery of Golgotha when we remember that the Christ who went through the mystery of Golgotha has played an active role in the evolution of humanity ever since. Many things in human evolution may at first appear incomprehensible. However, if we investigate them without narrow-minded superstition, For example, the kind of superstition that believes that unknown gods should come to the aid of human beings without their active involvement, and that such aid should come just where human beings consider it necessary, if we leave aside such views. We find that even the most painful events in the course of world history can show us the significance and meaning that the evolution of the earth has acquired through the fact that Christ went through the mystery of Golgotha. It is appropriate for us to study this mystery of Golgotha and the mystery of Christmas belongs to it from a point of view which can reveal, as it were, the meaning of all of earthly humanity. We know how intimate the connection is between what takes place in the moral spiritual sphere of human evolution and what takes place in nature. And with a certain understanding of this link between nature and the world's moral order, we can approach also another relationship with which we have been concerned for many years, namely the relationship of Christ Jesus to that being whose outer reflection appears in the sun. The followers and representatives of the Christian impulse were not always so hostile toward the recognition of this connection between the mystery of the sun and the mystery of Christ as the decadent present-day representatives of Christianity so often are. Dionysus the Areopagite, whom we have often mentioned, calls the sun god's monument, and in Augustine we continually find such allusions, 
Even in scholasticism we find such references to the fact that the outwardly visible stars and their movements are images of the divine spiritual existence of the world. However, we must understand the mystery of Christmas in a far wider context if we wish to understand what should concern us most of all in view of the important tasks of the present age. I would like to remind you of something which I have repeatedly brought forward in various ways in the course of many years. I have told you we look back into the first post-Atlantean age, which was filled with the deeds and experiences of the ancient Indian people. We look back into the ancient Persian epoch of post-Atlantean humanity, into the Egypto-Chaldean and into the Greco-Latin. We come then to the fifth epoch of the post-Atlantean humanity, our own. Our epoch will be followed by the sixth and by the seventh. And I have drawn your attention to the fact that the Greco-Latin, the fourth epoch of post-Atlantean humanity, stands, as it were, in the middle, and that there are certain connections. You can read of this in my little book, The Spiritual Guidance of the Individual and Humanity, between the third and the fifth epochs, that is, between the Egypto-Chaldean epoch and our own. <clears throat> Furthermore, there is also a certain connection between the ancient Persian epoch and the sixth, and between the ancient Indian and the seventh epoch of post-Atlantean humanity. Specific things repeat themselves in a certain way in each of these epochs of life. I once pointed out that the great Kepler, the successor of Copernicus, had a feeling that his solar and planetary system was repeating, of course in a way appropriate to the fifth post-Atlantean age, what had lived as the world picture behind the Egyptian priest mysteries. Kepler himself expressed this in a certain sense very radically when he said that he had borrowed the vessels of the ancient Egyptian teachers of wisdom in order to carry them over into the new age. Today, however, we will consider something which stood in a sense at the center of the view found in the cultic rituals performed by the priests in the Egyptian mystery religion. We will consider the mysteries of Isis in order to call up before our minds the spiritual connection between the mystery of Isis and that which also lives in Christianity. We need only look with the eyes of the soul upon Raphael's famous picture of the Sistine Madonna. The Virgin is holding the ch child Jesus, and behind her are the clouds, representing a multitude of children. We can imagine the Virgin receiving the child Jesus, descending through the clouds, through a condensation, as it were, of the thin cloud substance. Created out of an entirely Christian spirit, this picture is, after all, nothing more than a kind of repetition of what the Egyptian mysteries of Isis revered when they portrayed Isis holding the child Horus. <clears throat> the motif of this earlier picture is in complete harmony with that of Raphael's picture. Of course, this fact must not tempt us to a superficial interpretation common among many people since the 18th century and throughout the 19th century, right up to our own days, namely to see the story of Christ Jesus and all that belongs to it as a mere metamorphosis, a transformation of ancient pagan mysteries. From my book titled Christianity as Mystical Fact, you already know how these things are to be understood. However, in the sense explained in that book, we are permitted to point out a spiritual congruence between what happens in Christianity and the old pagan mysteries. The main content of the mystery of Isis 
is the death of Osiris and Isis's search for the dead Osiris. We know that Osiris, the representative of the being of the sun, the representative of the spiritual sun, is killed by Typhon, who expressed in Egyptian terms is none other than Araman. Araman kills Osiris, throws him into the Nile, and the Nile carries the body away. Isis, the spouse of Osiris, sets out on her search and finds him over in Asia. She brings him back to Egypt, where Araman, the enemy, cuts the body into fourteen parts. Isis buries these fourteen parts in various locations so that they belong to the earth forever after. We can see from this story how Egyptian wisdom conceived of the connection between the powers of heaven and the powers of earth in a deeply meaningful way. On the one hand, Osiris is the representative of the powers of the sun. After having passed through death, he is in various places and simultaneously the force that ripens everything that grows out of the earth. The ancient Egyptian sage imagines in a spirit-filled way how the powers which shine down from the sun enter the earth and then become part of the earth, and how as powers of the sun buried in the earth they then hand over to the human being what matures out of the earth. The Egyptian myth is founded upon the story of Osiris, how he was killed, how his spouse Isis had to set out on her search for him, how she first brought him back to Egypt, and how he then became active in another form, namely from out of the earth. <clears throat> One of the Egyptian pyramids depicts the whole event in a particularly meaningful way. The Egyptians not only recorded what they knew as the solution to the great secrets of the universe in their own particular writing, they also expressed it in their architectural constructions. They built one of these pyramids with such mathematical precision that the shadow of the sun disappeared into the base of the pyramid at the spring equinox and only reappeared at the autumn equinox. The Egyptians wanted to express in this pyramid that the forces which shine down from the sun are buried from spring to fall in the earth where they develop the forces of the earth so that the earth may produce the fruit which humankind needs. This, then, is the idea we find present in the minds and hearts of the ancient Egyptians. On the one hand, they look up to the sun, they look up to the lofty being of the sun, and they worship him. At the same time, however, they relate how this being of the sun was lost in Osiris and was sought by Isis, and how he was found again so that he is then able to continue working in a changed way. Many things which appeared in the Egyptian wisdom must be repeated in a different form during our fifth post-Atlantean age. Humankind must increasingly come to understand from a spiritual scientific point of view the mysteries of the Egyptian priests in a form appropriate to our own age, in a Christian sense. For the Egyptians, Osiris was a kind of representative of the Christ who had not yet arrived on earth. In their own way, they looked upon Osiris as the being of the sun, but they imagined this sun-being had been lost in a sense and must be found again. We cannot imagine that our being of the sun, the Christ, who has passed through the mystery of Golgotha, could be lost to humankind, for he came down from spiritual heights, united himself with the man Jesus of Nazareth, and from then onward remains with the earth. He is present, he exists, as the Christmas carol proclaims each year anew, Quote, unto us a Saviour is born, unquote. It thereby expresses the eternal, not the transitory nature of this event. Jesus was not only born once in Bethlehem, but is born continuously. 
In other words, he remains with the life of the earth. What Christ is and what he means for us cannot be lost. But the Isis legend must show itself as being fulfilled in another way in our time. We cannot lose the Christ and what he, in a higher form than Osiris, gives us. But we can lose, and we have lost, what is portrayed for our Christian understanding, standing at the side of Osiris, Isis, the mother of the Savior, the divine wisdom, Sophia. If the Isis legend is to be renewed, then it must not simply follow the old form, Osiris killed by Typhon Araman and carried away by the waters of the Nile, must be found again by Isis in order that his body, cut into pieces by Typhon Araman, may be sunk into the earth. No, in a sense, we must find the Isis legend again, the content of the mystery of Isis, but we must create it out of imagination, suited to our own times. An understanding must arise again of the eternal cosmic truths, and it will when we learn to think and compose imaginatively, as the Egyptians did. But we must find the right Isis legend. The Egyptian was permeated by Luciferic powers, as were all human beings who lived before the mystery of Golgotha. If Luciferic powers are within the human being and stir the inner life, moving and weaving through it, the result will then be that Aramonic powers will appear as an active force outside the human being. Thus the Egyptians, who were themselves permeated by Lucifer, rightly see a picture of the world in which Araman Typhon is active. Now we must realize that modern humanity is permeated by Araman. Araman moves and surges within human beings, just as Lucifer moved and surged within the Egyptian world. However, when Araman works through Lucifer, then human beings see their picture of the world in a Luciferic form. How does the human being see this picture of the world? <clears throat> this luciferic picture of the world has been created. It is here. It has become increasingly popular for modern times and has taken hold of all circles of people who want to consider themselves progressive and enlightened. If the mystery of Christmas is to be understood, we must bear in mind that Lucifer is the power wanting to retain the world picture of an earlier stage. Lucifer is the power trying to bring into the modern world conception that which existed in earlier stages of human development. He wants to give permanence to what existed in earlier periods. All that was moral in earlier stages also exists, of course, today. The significance of morality always lies in the present, where, like seeds for the future, it provides the basis for the creation of worlds yet to come. But Lucifer strives to separate morality, as such, all moral forces, from our world picture. He allows the laws of natural necessity alone to appear in our picture of the external world. <clears throat> Thus the impoverished human being of modern times is presented with a wisdom of the world in which the stars move according to purely mechanical necessity, in which the stars are devoid of morality so that the moral meaning of the world's order cannot be found in their movements. This, my dear friends, is a purely Luciferic world picture. Just as the Egyptians looked out into the world and saw Araman Typhon as the one who takes Osiris away from them, so too we must look at our Luciferic world picture, at the mathematical-mechanical world picture of modern-day astronomy and other branches of natural science, and realize that the Luciferic element holds sway in this world picture, 
just as the typhonic aramonic element held sway in the Egyptian world picture. Just as the ancient Egyptians saw their outer world picture in an aramonic typhonic light, so modern human beings, because they are aramonic, see it with luciferic characteristics. Lucifer is present, he is working there. Just as the Egyptians imagined Araman Typhon working in wind and weather, in the storms of winter, so modern human beings, if they wish to truly understand the world, must imagine that Lucifer appears to them in the sunshine and in the light of the stars, in the movement of the planets and of the moon. The world picture of Copernicus, Galileo and Kepler is a Luciferic construction, precisely because it arose from and corresponds to our Aramonic forces of knowledge. Its content, please distinguish here between method and content, is a Luciferic one. <clears throat> when the mystery of Golgotha took place, the divine Sophia, the wisdom that enables us to see into the world with understanding, worked in a twofold way. Divine wisdom, heavenly wisdom, worked in the revelation to the poor shepherds in the fields and in the revelation to the wise men from the East. This wisdom was still present in its later form among the Gnostics, from whom the early Christian fathers and teachers of the Church took this wisdom and used it to understand the mystery of Golgotha. This wisdom could not be continued into our times. It was overwhelmed and killed by Lucifer, just as Osiris was killed by Araman Typhon. We have not lost Osiris, that is, the Christ. We have lost that being who for us takes the place of Isis. Lucifer has killed her. But the Isis being killed by Lucifer was not sunk into the earth as Typhon sunk Osiris into the Nile. Lucifer carried the Isis being, the divine wisdom whom he had killed, out into the world's spaces. He sunk her into the ocean of space. When we look out into this ocean and only see the stars moving according to mathematical lines, then we see the grave of what spiritually permeated this world. For the divine Sophia, the successor of Isis, is dead. We must create this legend, for it presents the truth of our times. We must speak of the dead and lost Isis, the divine Sophia, in the same way that ancient Egyptians spoke of the dead and lost Osiris. With the power we do not understand, but which nevertheless is in us, with the power of Christ, the power of the new Osiris, we must set out in search of the dead body of the modern Isis, the dead body of the divine Sophia. We must approach Luciferic natural science and seek there the coffin of Isis. In other words, in what natural science gives us, we must find something which stimulates us inwardly toward imagination, inspiration, and intuition. In this way we acquire the help of Christ within. Christ who remains hidden for us in darkness if we do not illuminate him with divine wisdom. Armed with this power of Christ, with the new Osiris, we must set out in search of Isis, the new Isis. Lucifer will not cut Isis in pieces as Araman Typhon did with Osiris. On the contrary, this Isis is spread out in her true form in the beauty of the whole universe. This Isis shines out of the cosmos in an aura of many luminous colors. We must learn to understand Isis when we look out into the cosmos, to see this cosmos in its aura of luminous colors. 
But just as Ahriman Typhon once cut Osiris into pieces, so Lucifer comes to blur and wash out the colors in all their clear distinctness. He blends and merges into one single whole the parts which are so beautifully distributed over the heavens, the limbs of the new Isis which go to make the great firmament of the heavens. Just as Typhon cut Osiris into pieces, so Lucifer blends the manifold colors that stream down to us from the aura of the universe into a uniform white light that radiates through the universe. This is the light that Goethe fought against in his theory of colors, opposing the statement that white light contains all colors which in truth extend over the mysterious, manifold and secret deeds of the whole universe. But we must persevere in our search until we again find Isis, and when we have found her we must find a way to place into the universe what we are then able to discover and to know. What we acquire through the newly found Isis we must place before our souls in a living way, so that the whole universe, the cosmos, becomes spiritual for us again. We must understand Saturn, Sun, Moon, Earth, Jupiter, Venus and Vulcan from within. What Lucifer has made of Isis we must transfer into the heavenly spaces, just as Isis buried in the earth parts of the body of Osiris cut into pieces by Typhon Araman. We must realize that through the power of Christ we can find an inner astronomy that will show us the universe proceeding from and working out of the power of the Spirit. Then the rediscovered power of Isis, which is now the power of the divine Sophia, will allow Christ, who has united with the earth since the mystery of Golgotha, to become active in the new insight into the universe, to become active within us because of our new knowledge. We do not lack Christ, but the knowledge of Christ, the Sophia of Christ, the Isis of Christ is lacking. This is what we should engrave in our souls as a content of the mystery of Christmas. We must realize that since the 19th century, even theology has come to look upon Christ merely as the man from Nazareth. That means that theology is completely permeated by Lucifer. It no longer sees into the spiritual background of existence. External natural science is Luciferic. Theology is Luciferic. Of course, if we are speaking of the inner aspect of the human being, as you can see from my previous words, we could just as well say that in this theology the human being is harmonic. Then, in the same way, we must say of the Egyptians that they were luciferic, just as we say of them that their perception of the external world was harmonic. Modern human beings must understand the mystery of Christmas in a new way. They must realize that they must first of all seek Isis in order that Christ may appear to them. The cause of our misfortunes and the problems of modern civilization is not that we have lost Christ, who stands before us in a far greater glory than Osiris did in the eyes of the Egyptians. It is not that we have lost him and need to set out in search of him armed with the force of Isis. No, what we have lost is the knowledge of Christ Jesus, insight into his being. This is what we must find again with the power of the Jesus Christ who is in us. This is how we must look upon the content of the Christmas festival. For many modern people, Christmas is nothing more than a festival for giving and receiving presents, something which, the celebrate, something which they celebrate every year through habit. 
Like so many other things in modern life, the Christmas festival has become an empty phrase. And it is just because so many things have become nothing more than a phrase that modern life is so full of calamities and chaos. This is in truth the deeper reason for the chaos in our modern life. If in this our community we could acquire the right feelings for everything which has become mere phrases in the present age, and if these feelings could enable us to find the impulses needed for the renewals that are so necessary, then this community, which calls itself the anthroposophical community, would be worthy of its existence. This community should understand the terrible significance for our age that such things as the Christmas festival are carried forward as a mere phrase. We should be able to understand that in the future this must not be allowed and that these things must be given a new content. Old habits must be left behind and new insights must take their place. If we cannot find the inner courage needed to do this, then we share in the lie which keeps up the yearly Christmas festival merely as a phrase, celebrating it without our souls feeling and sensing the true significance of the event. Are we really lifted up to the highest concerns of humanity when we give and receive presents every year out of habit at this festival of Christ? Do we lift ourselves up to the highest concerns of humanity when we listen to the words, which have also become a phrase, spoken by the representatives of the various religious communities. We should forbid ourselves to continue in this inner hollowness of our Christmas celebrations. We should make the inner decision to give such a festival a content which allows the highest, worthiest feelings to pass through our souls. Such a festival celebration would raise humankind to the comprehension of the meaning of its existence. Ask yourselves whether the feelings in your hearts and souls, when you stand before the Christmas tree and open the presents which are given out of habit, and the Christmas cards containing the usual phrases, ask yourselves whether feelings are living in you that can raise humankind to an understanding of the meaning of its evolution on earth. All the problems and misfortunes of our time are due to this. We cannot find the courage to lift ourselves above the empty phrases of our age. But it must happen. A new content must come, a content which can give us entirely new feelings that stir us powerfully, just as those people were stirred who were true Christians in the first Christian centuries and who felt the mystery of Golgotha and the appearance of Christ as the highest which humankind could experience upon the earth. Our souls must again acquire something of this spirit. Oh, the soul will attain to altogether new feelings if it feels committed to experience the new Isis legend within modern humanity. Lucifer kills Isis and then places her body into the infinity of space, which has become the grave of Isis, a mathematical abstraction. Then comes the search for Isis and her discovery, made possible through the inner force of spiritual knowledge. In place of the heavens that have become dead, this knowledge places what stars and planets reveal through an inner life, so that they then appear as monuments to the spiritual powers that weave with power through space. We are able to look at the man manger today in the right way only if we experience in a unique way what is weaving with spiritual power through space and then look at that being who came into the world through the child. We know that we bear this being within us, but we must also understand him. 
Just as the Egyptians looked from Osiris to Isis, so we must learn to look again to the new Isis, the Holy Sophia. Christ will appear again in his spiritual form during the course of the twentieth century, not through the arrival of external events alone, but because human beings find the power represented by the Holy Sophia. The modern age has had the tendency to lose this power of Isis, this power of Mary. It has been killed by all that arose with the modern consciousness of humankind. And the confessions have in part exterminated just this view of Mary. This is the mystery of modern humanity. Fundamentally speaking, Mary Isis has been killed and she must be sought just as Osiris was sought by Isis in Asia. But she must be sought in the infinite spaces of the universe with the power that Christ can awaken in us if we devote ourselves to him in the right way. Let us picture this rightly. Let us immerse ourselves in this new Isis legend which must be experienced. and Let us fill our souls with it. Then we will experience in a true sense what humankind in many of its representatives believes, that this new legend fills the holy eve of Christmas in order to bring us into Christmas Day, the Day of Christ. This anthroposophical community could become a community of human beings united in love because they feel the need common to them all to search. Let us become conscious of this most intimate task. Let us go in spirit to the manger and bring to the child our sacrifice and our gift, which lie in the knowledge that something altogether new must fill our souls in order that we may fulfill the tasks which can lead humankind out of barbarism into a truly new civilization. To achieve this, of course, it is absolutely necessary that in our circles we are prepared to help one another in love, so that a real community of souls arises in which all forms of envy and the like disappear, and in which we do not look merely each at the other, but together face the great goal we have in common. The mystery brought into the world by the Christmas child also contains this, that we can look at a common goal without discord because the common goal signifies union in harmony. The light of Christmas should actually shine as a light of peace, as a light that brings external peace, only because first of all it brings an inner peace into the hearts of human beings. We should learn to say to ourselves, if we can manage to work together in love on the great tasks, then and only then do we understand Christmas. If we cannot manage this, we do not understand Christmas. Let us remember that when we do so accord, this discord, excuse me, let me read that again. Let us remember that when we do so discord, this discord hinders us in understanding the one who appeared among human beings on the first Christmas on earth. Can we not pour this mystery of Christmas into our souls as something which unites our hearts in love and harmony? If we, not, if we do not properly understand what spiritual science is, then we will not be able to do this. Nothing will come of this community if we merely bring into it ideas and impulses we have picked up here and there from all corners of the world where clichés and routine hold sway. Let us remember that our community is facing a difficult year that all our forces must be gathered together and let us celebrate Christmas in this spirit. Oh, I would like to find words that could speak deeply into the heart of each one of you on this evening. Then each one of you would feel that my words contain a greeting which is at the same time an appeal to kindle spiritual science within your hearts.
so that it may become a power that can help humanity which is living under such terrible oppression. Beginning with such points of view, I have gathered the thoughts which I wished to speak to you. Be assured that they are intended as a warm Christmas greeting for each one of you, as something which can lead you into the new year in the very best way. In this spirit, accept my words today as they were intended, as an affectionate Christmas greeting. As the end of Lecture 8 and the end of this collection of lectures by Rudolf Steiner, Ancient Myths and the New Isis Mystery, given in from the 4th to the 13th of January 1918 with an additional lecture that had been given in Dornach on the 24th of December 1920.